Okay. John 14, verse 16. I will pray the Father, and He will give you another helper that He may abide with you forever. Last week we talked about advocate, right? So let's look at it from the Amplified Translation. Yesterday I was on radio and I was being asked okay, I was being asked if I'm planning to do another book on the Holy Spirit because um, it seems there's a lot I've not really explained and you know of late I've been trying to get us to go back to basics, go back to some of those simple things that some people are now neglecting. I've observed something, sometimes your faith can go through a cycle I know people who were on fire some years ago and they're not on fire right now. And if you're to ask me, any person who's not on fire for the Lord, check their relationship with the Holy Spirit. I'll tell you why. Your relationship with the church, you don't get to always experience it 24 7. There are some people right now who are listening to me and they are members of this church who have not even sat down. Some of you, I may not even know your name. So meaning for some people, your relationship with me is probably from the pulpit to where you are. And some people are blessed. Uh, maybe they get to know me personally or there's somebody from the church or just generally who is wanted to know who helps you with your spiritual life. Your relationship with them will never be 24-7. All over Ikosa. It's not possible. They've got, a, they've got other stuff to do. They may have other people to talk to. Your relationship with them will never be 24-7. You can a human being can never be your Holy Spirit. It's not possible. Then there are others whom got, you know, you've got some great Christian friends. You can never be with them 24-7. What am I trying to say? Your spiritual life, for lack of, if we're going to use that term, is determined by how you relate with the Holy Spirit. Your being on fire for God is a reflection of your relationship with the Spirit of God. Whether you're prayerful or not is a reflection on how you and the Holy Spirit are related. Because it's the Holy Spirit that helps you pray. Whether you're sinning or not is a reflection on how you and the Holy Spirit are related. Because biblically, the antidote to sin is the Holy Spirit, right? I decided I'll be a bit deliberate in that if I make a statement, I'll show you. So let me show you. Galatians chapter number 5. Next year, uh, we'll start from verse 14. Next year, I'm planning to teach, I'm planning to do an entire series on spirit, soul, and body. Because of because of because of where I'm trying to take us, there, there are certain topics I've decided I'm targeting next year. One of them is spirit, soul, and body. Because of where I want us to be, another one I'm going to take us through is uh, the topic of deliverance. You, honestly, you can't be a believer all these years and you still believe there's an evil veil on your face and. No, there's, there's a lot I'm going to teach. Some of it will, will ruffle what you've believed for a while. But I'll tell you something. In my short period uh, where I've been very spiritual, 
which has spanned the last 10 years, I've realized that people who believe a certain way have the same prayer point always. It doesn't usually change. And usually for a believer, you know, even when we teach saying, you know, a believer can't be possessed, but they can be oppressed and the like. Even when we say they can be oppressed, we're not trying to say that it's normal for a believer to be oppressed. It's not. It's not. And some of these teachings will shake you up. You know why? They will empower you with the tools to fight if the enemy has been trying to do anything to you. You can't spend your entire spiritual life in the prayer line. When are you going to make one? Hallelujah. And I'm telling you, I'm not going to spare anyone because my role is to perfect you. So I have to challenge you unto perfection. You discover that some stuff you believe may not even be scriptural. Here is my thought pattern. If there are certain things, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus did not do for me, then did he, did he have a... Was there a mistake when you were saying it is finished? What was finished? Hallelujah. Is there any... Take me to... We'll come back. Take me to Colossians 2. You never know who you are helping. Give me verse 14. I received a message from somebody and they were so concerned. And they had a question. Just, just hide it for a while. They had a question for me and they were saying, Pastor... I am, con I've noticed the notebooks have increased, eh? After Sunday service. Okay. And they were saying, Pastor, I am concerned. I heard somebody saying that if you did uh, a blood covenant with someone, then if you ever maybe marry somebody else, you'll go mad or something like that. So I'm concerned. I said, ah, for you to be concerned, obviously there's like a story here. No, Pastor. There was a time, you know, me and this Kasetinka guy, we did a blood covenant. I said, Yeah. Do you think such things can have an effect? I said, Yeah, they can. But, you know, I'm very frank. So I said, That's not the only covenant that was there. Even if a man sleeps with a woman, there's a covenant. So that was, that was not the only one. And they were concerned now. So, what do I do? I said, let's go to the scriptures. That, of course, such a thing has an effect on a person. But there's something even bigger which had an effect called the law. A very, a bigger effect. In case you are worried about that one, there was something bigger. And then look at this. Uh -huh. It says, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. So whatever debt a person was owing to whatever covenant, can you imagine, he, he wiped out the requirements that was against them. And he nailed it to the cross. That's why it's called the gospel. It's good news. It's good news for a person who made a stupid covenant. It's good news for them. <laughs> I don't know if you're getting my point. If you're, if you're going to be a preacher, have good news for people. And I will tell you this, because I know we are preachers. Here is my biggest, my biggest warning to you. Don't preach bondage. It's an insult to the gospel if you preach bondage. The moment you preach 
that there is anything that the cross left out. Maybe I preach another Jesus. And the Bible says if you preach another Jesus whom we did not preach. And no, it says if you were preached to another Jesus that we didn't preach. And you received another spirit. That shows that every gospel has a spirit. Every message has a spirit. That's why please don't be so eager to be tossed to and fro by anything. Anything that comes. I was in John. I was in Galatians. Chapter 5. There's a breed of believers who are raising. Oh, there's a breed who are raising. This one. <laughs> this one. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. I'm telling you something. Listen. Listen to me. I was telling the people I was with as we were in Galatians 5, verse 16. I was telling the people I was with something. I was saying, as a preacher, it's an insult to the gospel if you give people a lesser standard of the gospel than the one which works for you. What do I mean? <laughs> if I tell you that it will take five years and ten seeds to be free from this, I could also show you how from my life it has taken five years and ten seeds to be free from that. The Bible says, Woe to you lawyers, for you've hidden from the people the key of knowledge. You rejected it, you did not enter in it, and you've blocked the others from entering it. And it says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. It doesn't end there. It says, because you have rejected knowledge, I'll reject your children as my priests. Can you imagine when people reject knowledge, it causes God to reject their children. So you find there are people who have rejected knowledge from the word of God. Don't be like that. Don't be like that. Don't place on people a burden which God didn't place on you. That was the wisdom that the people in the book of Acts had for the Gentiles. Let's not give them a burden. Let's not give them a law we failed to keep. That's what they said. Galatians 5. I say then it's obvious for someone. I say then, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. If you want to know what to walk in the spirit is, then we'll have to read this scripture all the way up to verse 23. You might see something you've never seen before. Should I take you through it? So it says, walk in the spirit. If I quote it wrongly, tell me. Walk in the spirit and you might not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Does it say, walk in the spirit and there's a chance, you know, even though you stumble and fall every now and then. What does it say? Read it for me. Do you know that it's possible to live a life where you don't fall? Are you aware that it's scriptural? I know someone will say a righteous man may fall. He didn't say a righteous man is commanded to fall seven times. God just gives grace. I don't know if you're getting my point. So meaning if you've fallen, and my speaking to you right now is for your rising, you don't need to fall again. The Bible says after you are strengthened, strengthen your brethren. So you don't, need to, you don't need to fall again. It's very scriptural. I'm coming back. But let me show you. 
Second Peter 1 verse 10. It says, walk in the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Eh? Second Peter 1 verse 10. It says, therefore, brethren, be more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. That shows that there are things which if you do, you will never stumble. So you can determine whether you never stumble. You can actually determine that. And why must you walk in the spirit? Let me show you another scripture. What the book of Jude, verse 24. Look at this. This, this scripture set me free. I, I always used to think, what if I'll backslide in the future? What if I'll fall? What if I'll fall? What if I'll fall? I was always thinking like that. And the Bible says, now to him who's able to keep you from stumbling. To him who's able to keep you from stumbling. There's somebody who's able to keep you from stumbling. That's why you must yield to him. It says to him who's able to keep you from stumbling. And to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Go back to Galatians 5 verse 16. These are scriptures now that you should use to build yourself. You should be that kind of believer. I've taught you about lesser truths and higher truths. For you, please, don't rest on a righteous man shall fall seven times. Use that if you've fallen and get yourself back up. But can you rest on to him who's able to keep you from stumbling? That's where you must rest. Why don't you rest on, a, on he that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. Why don't you rest on he that is born of God does not sin. He cannot sin for God's seed remains in him. Hallelujah. And you know the more you meditate on it, what does it do? It makes you what it talks about. And the Bible tells us it, it's, 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 it's in more than one scripture. But in Ephesus we are told that's Acts, I think 1920. It, told, it tells us the word of God grew and prevailed. Meaning the word of God in you, if it is to grow it will prevail over any dominant system in your body. It will prevail over any dominant system in your body, over any dominant system in your mind, and the word of God will become the dominant system. Always. When the, when the Ark of the Covenant was put in the same temple as Dagon, Dagon couldn't stand the presence of God. So if you allow the word of God to grow in you, it will become the dominant system. The dominant system will no longer be OCD. Ah, come on, listen to me. No, no. The dominant system on, on your life will no longer be OCD. The dominant system in your life will no longer be the blood type you are. It will no longer be no... Um, what, what do they call those personality types? I've forgotten them. What, what are they? Huh? I'm a melancholy... Sangry. That won't be the dominant system in your life. Come on. Do you know who you are? You'll be saying... They'll be asking, what's your personality type? I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So what does this personality produce? The fruit of the Spirit. What's the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. I don't know if you're getting my point. That's the kind of believer we need to produce. Yeah, people get so obsessed with, you know, I'm a Leo, I'm a Shani. Busy ascribing yourself. The moon should not determine you. Come on. Hallelujah. I say then walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now when I'm teaching soul, spirit, body will differentiate the flesh from the body. What do you think? Because the flesh seems to be more than just a body. Because it seems to be a drive towards something. But we'll differentiate it. Let's go. 
For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. Uh -huh. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Uh -huh. Now the works of the flesh are evident. In short, they are obvious. You can tell if you're in the flesh or in the spirit. It's obvious. It's so obvious. They express through some of the following things. Adultery. This is simply um, somebody who's married, participating in something sexual, somebody who's not married and vice versa. Fornication. People who are not married, having sexual intercourse. Uncleanness, lewdness. I did a teaching where I explained all this. Let's go on. Idolatry, sorcery. Hatred, contentions, jealousy, outbursts of wrath. I'll never forget one day. We had a certain help at home. And you know, she was always singing gospel songs. And I think she was angry at the garden boy over something. And she started talking and talking. And so we're like, and she was talking about how she was going to bewitch him. And we're like, ain't you a Christian? Then she just said, oh, Christopher, side. I was in shock. I was in shock that day. Outbursts of rats, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies. Wait, do you know that heresies are a work of the flesh? You know what heresy is, right? False doctrine. You know it's a work of the flesh. Let's go on. <laughs> Envy, murders, drunkenness. People are saying, no, pastor, it says drunkenness. It didn't say drinking, so how do you think you're going to get drunk? Hallelujah. Like, why should you even try in the first place? Why should that be your argument? Why participate at the lower level of life? My friend, do you know what it means to be filled with the Spirit? <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay. Envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past. Now, he's telling Christians. Because you know, there's some people who think, no, when you're a Christian, because you've got grace, in your life, you can just go about and do whatever you want. Now, he's talking to Christians, and he tells them, I tell you this as I did beforehand, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. In case you don't know, there is still something, how can I put it? There is, you know, there is still a promise, there is still a day of redemption, according to Ephesians 4.30. You know, it's not even yet revealed what will be, according to John. Can you imagine? We don't even know the depth of it. Of us, can you imagine the Bible says those who have tested of the powers of the age to come. Can you imagine the powers of the age to come? Hallelujah. I've just decided I don't want to have regrets about this age. I need to exhaust everything that's earthly permissible. As much of heaven as I can have on earth, I'll have it. Hallelujah. I'm like, been there, done that, conquered. Okay. I warn you just as I did before that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Let's go on. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, uh -huh. gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. Now I want you to see this part. This will help you define walking in the Spirit. Uh-huh. 
Those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Uh -huh. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. You know what that shows you? There is a difference between living in the Spirit and walking in the Spirit. You know, there are some people who say, okay, now guys, let us go into the Spirit. You are always in the Spirit. The moment you are born again, you are always in the Spirit. There are people who say, let's not be too spiritual. Even that carnality is, is a manifestation of a demonic side of spirituality. Everyone is spiritual. It just depends on which side. Hallelujah. It just depends on which side of spirituality you're functioning in. The day you realize everything is spiritual, you'll be... <laughs> be shocked okay so it says if we live in the spirit let us also walk in the spirit can I have the amplified the amplified says I think we've skipped a verse if we live by the spirit by the Holy Spirit let us also walk by the Holy Spirit now what I'm communicating is this. It's one thing to live in the Spirit. It's another thing to walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit has to do with your cooperation with the Spirit of God. It has to do with you cooperating with God. It has to do with you functioning with God. Adam and Eve, the moment they were going about and eating that, that fruit, it wasn't an apple. The moment they were eating that fruit, which they were not supposed to eat. They were not cooperating with God in that moment. So what, imagine this, eh? Um, they are so... Let me show it to you from two more scriptures. Give me John 1. I'm taking my time with this one. Give me verse 11. Let me have a few, a few people. Four or five people. Come, come, come. Four or five people. Okay. Come. Now. Okay, yeah. So, Bono come as well. So, let's see his Jesus, eh? Now, he comes to his own, and the Bible says his own did not receive him. Next verse. But as many as received him, when it uses a term like that, as many as received him, that shows that from a collection of people, it's like a group of people, there are some who are numbered among them who've received him. And for those, he gave the right to be called the children of God. So if I let's say from this collection of five, this is a sample of the whole world. I know it's a very bad sample. But this is a sample of the whole world because it's... And from this whole world, let's say there are three. These are the as many as have received it. To these, he gave the right to be called the children of God, not to these. So you find these are the children of God. These are the human beings. So these live in the spirit automatically. Now let us look at the word as many again. But give me Romans 8. Now verse 14. If you notice, Paul's audience now, 
the sample is no longer now the world. The sample is now believers. And then from the same who received him and became children of God. The word used for children there is Nepios. Hallelujah. From the children, it says, for as many as are led by the Spirit. So you find from these who are the children, two have decided to be led by the Spirit. These are the sons of God. That means those are the mature ones. Those are now the people who've matured. So what am I saying? You find we've got three people who live in the spirit because they're born again. But then only two have chosen to walk in the spirit. That is to deliberately cooperate with the spirit of God. And the Bible is telling us that if you walk in the spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. It's not possible. It's not possible. 100% not possible. Not possible. Hey guys, go back. Accept him. You may have my mother. Come please. I want you to imagine this. Imagine, I'm just, just standing there for a while. Imagine this guy, whenever ladies pass, he's always escorting them with his eyes and whistling. You can do the whistle. Now, the day he is walking with mother, walk, the lady passes, he will control himself. Do you know why? There's somebody he's with. And he's aware of their presence. Hey, go back to the seat. There's somebody he's walking with. And I'm telling you this, the moment you become aware of his presence, among other things, there's a serious behavioral change. I'll tell you this. I'll ask you. There are some of you who are your pastor. Most of you here. If you were told that for the next two weeks, we've given pastor a video camera, he'll watch your every move. There is no text you'll send that he will not read. Hallelujah. Apart from your own private times to bath and stuff like that, there is nothing you do that he will not see. There is no person you will visit that he will not know. There is no conversation you will have that he will not know. Um, he, now, of course, there is that aspect of maybe you're just feeling shy to deal in the bay to my one or two things. But apart from that aspect, no, here's my, here's my comment. Apart from that aspect, if that will reduce the number of sinful things you indulge yourself in, then we've discovered your problem. You respect me more than you respect the Holy Spirit who's with you 24-7. Then that's your problem. It means you've not reached a place of respect where you know he's with you 24-7. When you know he's with you, I'm telling you, who's observed that when you're aware of his presence, even if something is to go wrong, you're not going to wait until 23 hours to pray and say, Lord, I'm sorry. Ah, no, immediately. There's a witness. You know, uh-uh. I've not said the right thing here. I've not done the right thing here. Stop leaving God at church. 
I don't know about the God you have, but the one he told me that we're going to receive is the one who's with you forever. And he lives in you. I'm telling you that you can cooperate with him. You can walk in the spirit. Go back to John 14. I have to end. Can you imagine I have to end? Hallelujah. Somebody say glory. And you know what I love? Let me tell you something. Next year when we talk about spirit, soul, and body, you'll get to see that there's a difference between your human spirit and the Holy Spirit. Because some people get confused. So they can think you need to develop your Holy Spirit to become big. No, 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 no. You receive the full package. The same Holy Spirit God has. The same Holy Spirit Jesus has. The same one I have. The same one my pastor has. The same, is that the same spirit you have? We have not received the spirit of bondage. We have not this, received the spirit who leads us to fear. We have not received the spirit who makes us weak. We've, re we've not received the spirit who makes us afraid of God. No, we've received the spirit of adoption. And by him we are able to call God Abba Father. Come on. Abba, by the way, is the most intimate way you can call your dad in Arabic. So it's, it's like saying, it's like in Zambia, the way you call your dad, Daddy. Hallelujah. Then you know this to relate well. Daddy. Hallelujah. You can imagine by the Spirit of God, you've got the boldness to go before him and say, Daddy. Hallelujah. Oh. John 14 verse 16. <laughs> Amplified. Woo. It says, I'll ask the Father and he'll give you another comforter counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and stand by that he may remain with you forever. Let's quickly do stand by. Quickly. Stand by. I've got a question for you. Can you imagine how your life would be if you are one of the disciples? And you got to see Jesus live. Hallelujah. And you got to have Jesus to be your personal teacher, your personal rabbi, your personal rebuker. You know, Jesus could rebuke. Have people who think I'm tough? I, I, I don't know. I remember someone once telling me, no, because I think I told them. I was very upset with something I told. I, I, I think there was something that I'd done and I told him, just leave this relationship and go. No, it's not the way Jesus is. He's very understanding. I was like, the Jesus in your head and the one in the Bible. <laughs> and then I remembered in the Bible, Jesus, someone came to him and said, let me go bury my father first. Jesus, bury your father. Imagine Jesus replies, let the dead bury their own dead. You follow me. <laughs> and you say, we are tough. Imagine an entire church has sat down to read a letter from their spiritual father. Uh, guys, our spiritual father has written us a letter. Oh, ye foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? <laughs> Should be praising God. <laughs> Hallelujah. How oh, you should be praising God. And it says, to give you an... <laughs> You know, he once wrote to the Hebrews, you've become, I want to teach you more things, but you are dull of hearing. 
that's that's four okay so another just please make sure that jesus in your head and the one in the bible are the same person hallelujah just make sure the same person the parable of the talents who was the master what did that last guy say when he was unfaithful and unfruitful he came to him and says what and then he says i buried it because i know you're a hard man who reaps where you did not sow and the master who is jesus in a parable told by jesus says yes you knew i'm a hard man why didn't you take it to the bank always expecting results <laughs> always expecting results no the cell group you gave me to lead in the area people don't like things of god what so you couldn't win anyone hallelujah what are you talking about no most of the faculties have closed so the bus can't be full longer the ones which have been closed there are no people there those can't be led to christ no the students what about the people who live outside the people who are always printing their assignments since they are not there they've got nothing to do why, why do you... hallelujah <laughs> so it says now i want you to imagine your life if how do you think it would be? How do you think the disciples were feeling knowing that the person who was their strengthener, the person who was their pastor, the person who was the one who was everything to them, they had given up everything for him. How do you think they felt knowing that he was leaving? And then he tells them, I'll give you another standby. Now, the word standby is a military term. It's used in the military. I'll give you a bit of an explanation. I was, I was using men there, so let's have ladies. So now, in the military, everything works by order. Everything works by order. So if I have sent, if Officer Malama sends Officer Mwape to Lusaka for an assignment, and then says, stand down, it means don't even worry about it, like, it's done, like the assignment isn't there. But if she says, stand by, there's a way you have to position yourself to be ready. Because any time you'll be told it's time. When, when somebody is on standby, it means there are a readily available substitute. A readily available substitute. Even in football. It's not really a topic I like to talk about. But generally, even in football, for those who watch, you can tell who's about to enter and those who are just on the bench for fulfilling the numbers. I don't know if you're getting my point. Then there are those who are on standby. They are not just watching. They have to do a bit of a warm-up. They have to be ready because they have to come and make an impact. And the Holy Spirit is Jesus' standby. Imagine it was Jesus' standby. So if, if the two are working together in the military, and she tells her, I'm on standby. It means if she is to leave her post on duty, she will take it up and she is ready to perform it. So she has the same tools that she has, the same equipment that she has, and the same knowledge that she has. My friends, a life with Jesus doesn't have to be an imagination anymore. There is somebody who was put on standby. Hallelujah. There was another standby, a readily available substitute. Somebody who has the same components to comfort you like Jesus would. The same equipment to teach you like Jesus would. And that's the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Woo! 
there are some of you listen I'll, I'll tell you God has promised us certain things have you noticed that God is on standby even in your life there are some here you've not grown up with a father guess what he's the father to the fatherless he's always been waiting on standby I don't know if you get my point where human beings do not fulfill the role they are supposed to play God steps in and fulfills that role and that's why we have the person of the Holy Spirit stand by hallelujah I'm sure the Holy Spirit will say yes I've got you hallelujah I've got you I'm on standby 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 hallelujah and Jesus said it's better that I go why because he didn't want just 12 people to experience him for that matter from the outside he said we needed to make provisions so that millions of people all around the world can be able to experience him at the same time it doesn't have to be an imagination anymore you may have just gotten saved today you may be at a place right now where you don't know you may be at a place where you're just recently saved or you've been saved for a while if you've been saved for a while, I challenge you. Don't take him lightly. He's still as important as he was then. He's still as important now that you know things as he was when you didn't know things. Paul the Apostle, who wrote three quarters of the New Testament, can you imagine he, he writes and says that I may know him. He just wanted to know him. How much more us? Don't lose that aspect. And if you're just getting saved, if these are your primary days of salvation, you must thank God that this is the message I've given you. Because I'm telling you, once you have the Holy Spirit, I'm assured of your growth. People who genuinely have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, even when I see them going astray, they always come back. Because they've got someone to convict them. They've got somebody to talk to them. Hallelujah. I hope you've been blessed. Have you?